Father God, first of all, we just, I just thank you, Lord God. I, I just thank you for being who you are, Lord, just for being God all by yourself. Lord, it's just amazing to see how you just cover us and just protect us and just preserve us, Lord God. I am just amazed and I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word because every time I read it, there is something new that I find. And I thank you, Lord, for the discovery of that. Mm. Your word is true, Lord. And I tell you, your word has a lot to think about mm. because it still pertains to life today, even in Genesis. Mm. And Lord, I just I just thank you. So Lord, when I bring the word forth, let it come forth with clarity because we want people to be able to understand everything that is read, Lord God. Everything that your word says. Mm -hmm. These things I ask and pray in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Like I said, God's word is uh, something and uh, we're doing love, God's love. And as I was reading Genesis 20 and 21, Three things kept coming to me. I read um, The Voice, and then I read it in the NIV, and then I read it again, because I kept reading it again and again to see what I came from, what came from it for me. And for me, as I read chapter 20 and 21, God's love covers, his love preserves, and his love protects, my Lord. So before we get started, let's go. I'll, I have a few scriptures, not very many, but these are the scriptures that I have. And it's Genesis 20, verses 3 through 7. And that's page 23 and 24. 1 Peter 4 and 8, page 1506. And Psalm 103.10, page 701. I think I have one more, let's see. And the last one is Lamentation 3, 22 and 23, page 962. So today, I'm going to talk to you about how God's love covers, preserves, and protects. Okay. Right before the birth of Isaac, sin jeopardized the fulfillment of God's promise. When God had promised Abraham he was going to bring forth a son, Abraham was willing to trade the promise for a false sense of safety. Okay. After spending some time living up in the hill country, Abraham moved on into the region of Negev and settled in the land between Kadesh and Shur. Abraham moved to a country called Gerar. Because he was a foreigner there, he told everyone that his wife Sarah was his sister. Technically, that was true. Sarah was his sister because they shared the same father. However, there was one major detail that he left out. Sarah was his wife. Eventually, word got back to King Abimelech, and he called for her to be a part of his harem. However, he was in for the surprise of his life. 
God spoke to Abimelech in a dream during the night. He warned him. He says, look, you are a dead man because the woman you have taken into your harem is a married woman. Now, I was like, God, you are so blunt. He was just blunt and to the point. You're dead. <laughs> you touch this woman, you are dead. I was, wow. I said, that just took me out. And I said, up to this point, the king had not physically touched her. But then Abimelech said, Lord, would you jeopardize a nation by killing its innocent king? The man himself said to me that she was his sister. Even she said he was her brother. I took her in my harem without knowing the truth. I acted with integrity. I am completely innocent. Then God replied to him, yes, I know you did this with integrity in your heart. It was I who prevented you from crossing that line. I protected you from yourself by not letting you touch her. Now do the right thing. Return this man's wife. He is one of my prophets. He will pray and intercede for you and you will live. But if you do not give her back, I assure you, you will die. You and everyone associated with you. Now, as I was reading this and I'm, as you look at life itself, you see how this, your decisions has an effect, not just on you, but everybody that's associated with you. That's why I said this is so appropriate to life. <clears throat> Back in that time, it was customary for a beautiful woman to be taken from her husband and taken into the king's harem. Sarah was up in age, but she was considered to be a very beautiful woman. And Abraham made a pact with Sarah because this was not the first time he did this. That he did this again with the Pharaoh back in, I think it's Genesis 12. <clears throat> but he made a pact with Sarah that anytime they went somewhere, she would say that she was his sister. Now, King Abimelech, he took this very seriously. He got up very early to tell his servants. And then he went to Abraham and asked him, how could he do such a thing and bring such shame to him in his kingdom? He told Abraham that what he had done to him should have never been done to any human being. Abraham told King Abimelech that he did it for his own protection and thought that since it was he, this was not a God-fearing country he was in, <clears throat> he wanted to play, he wanted to be safe and he wanted to make sure that he would not be killed. He never stopped to think about the consequences of what he had done. King Abimelech, he was stricken with a sickness and his wife and slave girls were stricken with infertility. He listened to God and he gave Sarah back to her husband along with a thousand pieces of silver and livestock. Abraham prayed on the king's behalf and he was healed and the infertility in his house was taken away. He also allowed Abraham to stay in Gerar and live anywhere he wanted to. God covered Abraham's sin for not being truthful to Abimelech and furthermore, not having enough faith in him that he would take care of the whole situation. God preserved the sacredness of the marriage relationship by not allowing the king to touch Sarah. God was merciful to King Abimelech because he truly was innocent of intentionally taking another man's wife. God was able to speak in Abimelech in a dream about his intentions with Sarah. And I believe he would have done the same thing for any other king who tried to take her to be a part of his harem. He is the one who created marriage and made it a sacred covenant between one man 
and one woman. And the promise he made to Abraham and Sarah that they would bring forth a son had to be fulfilled because we know that God means exactly what he says. God's love covered Abraham when he lied and did not trust him. His love preserved the life of King Abimelech, who at the time had no idea he was in danger of losing it. His love protected Sarah from having her marriage vows to Simon. Amen? When Abraham lied to the king, he caused his whole house to be affected. In spite of what he had done, God still kept his promise that he would bless him with a son. Even after we sin, God remains faithful. He certainly at no point justifies any wrongdoing, but because of his amazing, unconditional love he has for us, he turned something that was meant for harm into something good. He turned that whole situation around and Abraham received some great blessings from the king. God does not bless us because we deserve it. He blesses us because he has chosen simply to love us and to bless us in spite of what we have done. First Peter 4 and 8. Most of all, love each other steadily and unselfishly because love makes up for many faults. And then the Amplified says, above all, have fervent and unfailing love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. It overlooks unkindness and unselfishly seeks the best for others. And God does that for us every single time. Psalm 103 and 10. Thankfully, God does not punish us for our sins and depravity as we deserve. In his mercy, he tempers justice with peace. And the Amplified says, he has not dealt with us according to our sins as we deserve, nor rewarded us with punishment according to our wickedness. That's the kind of God we serve. His grace and his mercy, his love for us overextends anything we could ever imagine. God kept his promise. And at the ripe old age of 90, Sarah gave birth to Isaac and her husband Abraham was 100 years old. As time goes on, Isaac grows up, Isaac is growing up, I'm saying, and his father wants to prepare a special feast for him. However, Sarah sees him with his brother Ishmael, who was born to Hagar by Abraham. Sarah witnesses her son being teased and she becomes so upset that she demands that Abraham get rid of Hagar and Ishmael and she tells him she will not share the inheritance with him. Of course, this upsets Abraham because he loves his son. However, God stepped right in. He told Abraham to do what Sarah said and not to worry. He told Abraham that through Isaac, his covenant children would be named and that he would take care of Ishmael and raise up a nation through him. Wow. Abraham does send Hagar away with some bread and water. She and Ishmael, they wander through the wilderness of Beersheba. The water Abraham gave them doesn't go very far and they soon run out. So Hagar is so worried, she leaves Ishmael under the shade of a tree and she cries loudly. 
And I can imagine that this is a cry of despair because she doesn't know what to do at this point. God sent a messenger to comfort Hagar, who let her know that God had plans to make a great nation out of Ishmael. Suddenly, God opens Hagar's eyes and she sees a well of water and she's able to give Ishmael a drink. And the story goes on to say that God watched over Ishmael for the rest of his life. And he grew up and lived in the wilderness and became an expert archer. And his mother, who was originally from Egypt, found an Egyptian wife for him. So there, look at the ending of that. Look at how God worked through that, amen. God's love covered Sarah when her anger rose against Hagar and Ishmael. His love preserved the life of Ishmael when Hagar thought they might die when there was no water left. God's love protected Ishmael because Genesis 21, 20 says that God watched over him for the rest of his life. Last but not least, Abraham and King Abimelech came to an agreement. The king could see that God blessed everything that Abraham did. So he wanted Abraham to swear upon his God that he would remain loyal to him and that he would never deceive him or his family. Abraham swore that he would never do it again. And he was allowed to stay in that foreign land and dwell there in peace for many years. Here again, we see God's love protected Abraham while living in a foreign land. God's love is so great that we just can't measure the length, the width, the depth, and the height. No matter what our circumstances are, he always has a plan of love in action that suits our case. His plan is never to harm us, but it's always for our good. But of course, we don't always see it that way. He loves us so much, and his grace and mercy supersedes anything we could ever hope for. Despite our failure and brokenness and worthlessness, he reaches down and shows us his love. And he reached down by sending his son to die in our place on the cross. God's love for us is eternal, unconditional, and immeasurable. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. How enduring is God's loyal love. The eternal has inexhaustible compassion. Here they are every morning, new. Your faithfulness, God, is as broad as the day. Amen. Father God, I truly thank you for your continued love that you show each and every day. There are times when we may not feel like we're loved, but all we have to do is take our minds off of what we feel and think on your goodness and mercy that you show every minute of the day. Your love reaches us wherever we are, and it covers so many of our shortcomings. Thank you for never giving up on us and continuing to see our best even when we sometimes don't give our best. For God so loved us that he gave us his best when he allowed his son to die for us. And we want to remember what our ultimate sacrifice. 
of paying a debt. He paid a debt that he did not owe and we could never pay. 